This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to the special Saturday edition of Coffee House Shots. Is Macron heading for a nasty surprise? To discuss the French elections, I'm joined by Jonathan Miller, Georgina Wright, who is director of the Europe programme at Montaigne, and Michael Simmons, who is our data expert. To begin, Jonathan, can you just set the scene? Because I think, and this is probably still the most likely scenario, but I think lots of people had just presumed Emmanuel Macron was on for re-election. Is that still the case? I think the presumption element of that has gone. I think probably on the odds... Macron is going to maybe squeak by, but it's so close now. And of course, amongst those who were predicting that Macron would win was me consistently, even as I have been hurling barbs at Marine Le Pen for months, calling her unelectable, calling her an ignoramus on both economic and foreign affairs, having no coherent policies to offer, yet somehow she has come up on the inside lane, vanquished Eric Zemmour, and is very close. And she could, I think that the, the likelihood she'll be in the runoff is very high. But there's even now a possibility that she could finish first in the first round. I was at my focus group at the Café de la Paix in my village this morning, and I found... For the first time, really, uh, spontaneous interest in this election. People have been kind of ignoring it. And along with the interest, there was a kind of generalized uh, ennui. People are not that happy with a choice, uh, a rerun of 2017. So I don't know. I may be having to surrender my career as a political pundit and go full time into cleaning up horse poo from the paddocks where I keep my horses. Of course, there are great similarities between political journalism and, and shoveling horse poo, so perhaps I'm prepared for it. <laughs> Georgina, on that, could you just perhaps explain to listeners who haven't been following so closely what the stages of the election are in terms of the runoff, and then whether you agree with Jonathan in terms of the fact Marine Le Pen perhaps does have uh, more of a shot than people were reporting a few weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, maybe start off with that. You know, I've been in Paris and I was really excited to be in Paris during the campaign. And they're just, until a week ago, it didn't really feel like there was a campaign on at all. And there are two reasons for that. One is obviously the war is completely overshadowing the, the political debate. But the other reason is because there aren't really any issues driving or structuring this campaign. So actually the candidates that people know, voters can really identify, are Macron, who's been in power for the past five years, and Marine Le Pen, because this is her third attempt to... At securing the space. So it really feels like there hasn't been a campaign. And now we're seeing polls and they're narrowing. And I completely agree, we could perfectly see Marine Le Pen win the first round, but that doesn't mean that she will win the second round. Now, in terms of how the presidential election kind of works, is that you'll have a first round of voting on Sunday, and then the two candidates with the most, kind of with the majority, will be able to go through to the second round. So the two candidates with the most vote will then go, you know, head to head. And there will be a TV debate. This is called Le Grand Debat which will be scheduled on the 20th of April. 
April and that has millions of people around the country watching it and actually often up to a million people outside of France who also watch it. And then there'll be a second round of voting on the 24th of April. So that will determine who the president is. But then we shouldn't forget that there are parliamentary elections in June, which also matter because usually the president will nominate a prime minister who has the backing of a majority of MPs in the Assemblée Nationale. Now, if Marine Le Pen were to win, it's not clear that she would secure a majority in the parliament. And that would make any sort of reforms that she's trying to pass much more difficult because she could end up with a prime minister who basically doesn't share her political views at all. So we're looking at two rounds of voting for the presidential election and then we're looking at parliamentary elections in June. So it's going to be a, a bumpy ride, I think, for the next couple of weeks. Now, Michael, I'm going to bring you in at this point because one of the things here is, could there be a surprise in terms of polling error? I noticed Dominic Cummings this week in his newsletter said he had not followed this at all and had no idea what's happening before going on to speculate about the polls and saying from his polling knowledge, you're heading to the area where you could get a very big shock. Can you talk us through what he's talking about? Yeah, so the the polling for the French election has been really interesting and it's kind of getting more interesting as the days go on. In fact, this morning there was actually a kind of outlier poll that had Le Pen ahead in the second round. And what Dominic Cummings is mentioning here is like what we call normal polling error. And that's essentially, because obviously a poll is a sample of the population, there's always going to be a degree of error in the result. And that can be caused by a number of factors to do with how the poll has been sampled. And then you also just get random error. If you think that if you flipped 10 coins, the chance of you getting 10 heads is something like one in a thousand. But that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. And you can get the same thing with polls. But because we've seen more and more polls tightening, we're able to more confidently say that there's a trend. And then that brings it within the standard polling error. If we look at the 2017 election, the error on average was about between four and six points. And now, interestingly, on both the first round polling and the second round polling, Le Pen is within that of Macron. So it just means that essentially the polling companies are now saying that it's too close to call and they can't confidently predict what's going to happen. Another interesting thing with the polling error is that Mélenchon is actually within the polling error of Le Pen as well. So if we're to say that, you know, Le Pen could come first or it's just definitely going to go to the second round, it's also important to say that Mélenchon is within the polling error of Le Pen. The other thing to say, though, is just because polls have been wrong before, you know, sort of famously we think of the polls being wrong in Brexit and with Trump, it's not necessarily to say that they're going to be wrong here. For example, I've seen some people comparing this to like the Brexit vote, but with the Brexit vote, Leave went into the lead for quite a while and then came back towards the status quo, and then there was the result. Whereas other than the poll I mentioned this morning, we've not really seen Le Pen ahead. So many people think it's less likely. The other factor is, could this have a galvanising effect for Macron? When we've seen sort of rogue polls or polls tightening in the past, they often, the effect is that the side that that doesn't favour, you know, suddenly gets their act together and comes into the fray. So it may be that the polls look closer and closer, but it just springs Macron's campaign team into action. And then does that mean that Macron kind of comes up again? So actually, it could be, in a weird way, helpful to Macron, potentially. Jonathan, moving away from polls, you're out there on the ground. What do you think has gone wrong for Macron? Has he just... how, how, how much time have you got? Probably about two minutes. Almost <laughs> from the beginning of his presidency, he's demonstrated a kind of arrogance and uh, a narcissism which has not gone down well with French voters. He's not very likable. 
You know, he started his uh, quinquennat by provoking the Gilets Jaunes protest when he simultaneously lowered the wealth tax and increased fuel duty. This caused a civil disturbance on the streets of France for a long time. You know, he's had this kind of tendency for tantrum diplomacy, which perhaps gets more attention overseas. But this morning he was having a go at the Polish, at the Poles, calling them anti-Semitic far-right wingers. He's, you know, raging against the media. He seems to have a, a real problem in collecting people. I think yesterday, the day before, he met a nurse who who was upset when when he threatened to MRD French who weren't vaccinated. She she was unbelievably insulted. And his body language was really quite aggressive. And it's not the first time that exposed to voters on the ground, he has behaved in this rather arrogant way. And then finally, of course, his refusal to campaign. He, you know, he decided to sit this out, that he was going to be the, you know, the great statesman, the war leader, negotiating with Putin, trying to find a solution. Of course, none of that has actually produced much in the way of results. So I think he's fragile. Now, having said that, I don't think people are really confident that Marine Le Pen has a project that she's capable of delivering. And I think Georgina said it's quite possible, even if, even if Le Pen were to win, that she would find it hard to assemble any kind of presidential majority and push her project through the assembly. But I, I would add to that that it's also quite difficult to see Macron assembling a presidential majority and pushing through his program. So I think if Le Pen wins, it will be really a serious problem for Europe not just France, as France, which is, is since the departure of Merkel, is, is kind of trying to step up to the leadership role in Europe. But if it's elected a government potentially even more right-wing than the Poles, it's hard to see how it's going to assert that. And if Macron wins, I don't think he's going to, you know, this La République en Marche, his kind of portmanteau political party that he created last time, I don't think they're going to do so great. I think, you know, if the French do eventually vote for him holding their nose, I'm not sure they're going to give him the luxury of a majority in the National Assembly. So I think we're looking at France, whose leadership is going to be weak, potentially, for the next several years. And, and that has a big role of consequences for everybody else in Europe. Georgina, just on that, you mentioned how there hasn't been much of a campaign, partly because of the war, but has has the situation in Ukraine impacted Macron's position, how he's seen by French voters? Because I think in the UK, if you look at the UK government, in a way there's been a, almost a dismissive attitude towards some of Macron's efforts with Putin. It's a really good question because what you hear a lot in the French press and also you know, focus groups is that what people are annoyed about when they think of Macron, is the fact that he's campaigning as a president. He's not campaigning as a candidate who deserves a second term. And so actually they're saying, you know, fine, there is a war going on. And, you know, actually the fact that he's maintaining a dialogue with Russia, that's not doing him any favours, but it's also not really hitting his credibility because most candidates believe that France should be talking to Russia. We should be keeping those channels of communication open. But what they really are angry about is that Macron just doesn't seem to be taking this campaign very seriously. He was late to declare that he was running and he was supposed to announce that he was running at this big kind of 
rally in Marseille, so in southern France, and that got delayed because Russia invaded Ukraine. But, you know, French people say that's that's not a good enough excuse. Like, now we need to be hearing, what are you promising? What are you going to do differently in the second term? Is it more of the same? And that's what I was saying at the beginning. There, there doesn't seem to be any issues that are structuring this campaign. And, and I think Le Pen, another thing that's really working in her favour is that there was another far-right candidate who was running, Éric Zemmour, who was really alienating vast majorities of, of the French electorate, but it also in some way managed to make Le Pen look much more of a centrist than she has in the past. So actually, I don't think the war is doing Macron much, but actually the whole context, it's really going to now you know, hinge on what he does next and whether he can really get people to come out and vote for him and can he convince them that he's got something else to offer. Well, I agree with every word you said, which is probably not the best ingredients for a successful podcast. I think Macron has shown a reluctance to meet voters. And when he does, it often goes wrong. He's had one big rally. He failed to fill the hall, but he did pretty well. It was uh, the faithful. Those, some people opposing him showed up and had their protest banners confiscated. But there's been this kind of, it, 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 it feeds back into the sense of entitlement and arrogant, he's not actually a likable person. People don't like him. But people, the French are prepared to put up with leaders they don't like if they fulfill certain other criteria. They reflect the glory of France. They deliver, you know, uh, a baguette and some cheese and some olives on a regular basis to the tables of the French and speak to the French with a certain amount of respect. Macron has consistently really failed to connect with people. And I don't know, at this point, I'm still going to go with a forecast that Macron will squeak it narrowly, but I am prepared to retrain as a truck driver or a gardening writer or something if my punditry is shown to have been way off base. It's a scary election for me personally. I don't think people understand the pressure we hacks are under here. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll report back, though I imagine listeners to this podcast will be able to work out who do need a, a second career soon enough. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Georgina. And thank you, Michael. Thank you.